Okay, and we're now live. Hello everybody, and welcome to the t.w.e.t podcast, episode 13. 13, guys. 13. We've made it all Jeez. the okay. way here. And we're now live. Oh, oh, and that's, just gonna be that's us. me. <laughs> Sorry, I've just heard myself on my own stream. What a fool. See, that's oh, how no. much of a professional I am. <laughs> Rookie mistakes. Big, big, big mistakes there. It's going to do it again. No, it's not. I've muted. Right. Okay. We've got the professionalism out of the way. So we're now live. We're now here. And we're here to talk about the Xbox reveal uh, event. I've called it so many different things on the way to this. But it happened just four days ago. And um, yeah, it was it was really interesting to see, especially after the PlayStation 5 reveal and everything that they kind of did there. And um, I think there's going to be a couple of mixed opinions across the board, uh, especially between me and Roost here. Yeah, I, I feel like the whole show in general, including a lot of the games, are definitely going to be a mixed opinion within the community. Uh, I don't I don't feel like there was really anything about the event that was just perfect that everybody will love. I feel like it was a very two-sided event. Some people will have loved it. Some people will have hated it. Mm -hmm. in contrast to their previous event where everyone just sort of went what the fuck was that <laughs> yeah that, that's very true i think I, they did a lot better than their original event the, the first one but the problem is you need to find that fine balance so if you do something really poor you've got to do something really good to kind of counter out counter and cancel that out if that makes sense yeah and um i think I just, I don't know, I just didn't have that wow factor. Now, now Leechy's been really great with this one, um, and he's only watched the Halo section of it. <laughs> I um, saw what I needed to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there, there was a lot more. There's some really interesting stuff coming out um, that we're definitely going to talk about in this podcast, and I'm really excited to talk about some of them. But we are going to start with the main event, which was Halo. I mean... Uh, oh, yeah. The Boy. gameplay reveal stuff was <laughs> really good. <laughs> I know. It was really good. It was really exciting. It was really great to see Chief back in action. And I got, you know, exactly what 343 three, three were doing. They were going straight in and they were really focusing on kind of trying to bring it back to Halo Combat Evolved. And the whole sequence that they showed was just bang, Halo Evolved, nostalgia, just everything kind of flying back. But I also like the fact that they've tried to incorporate the Banished into the game as well and into the story and oh yeah that's great i the banished are a, a pretty good uh sort of bad guy they're they're, yeah. they're a good group um i definitely feel like the banished is going to appeal to people uh as a potentially sort of a replacement to the standard covenant that we obviously know from the uh, first two games yeah. over the shit show that was all this Promethean crap we got yes. in four and five. Yes. Like, don't get me wrong, in four, I think the, Prome the the new Promethean enemies had the potential to be a really cool, interesting addition. I just kind of felt they focused too much on them essentially replacing the Covenant as like the big bad guys of the franchise. And they just didn't feel the same no, as the like, Covenant yeah. in 1 and 2. Like, it it just, they didn't click the same. Whereas, obviously, we've had a little bit of gameplay and that's it. So all of this could change when the game releases. It might release and be complete dog shit for all we know. But I feel like the Banished definitely has a hell of a lot more potential to be liked as much as the Covenant was. Whereas... The Prometheans never had a chance. What yeah. about uh, Halo 5's incorporation of the Prometheans? Just to, uh, you know, Warden Eternal. S stir that pot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Warden Eternal. Eternal. The Warden Eternal. <laughs> um, that other time where you fought the Warden Eternal. And let's never forget that time you fought two of them. I mean, come on, it was two. The, the first time, it's like, here's a, here's a really cool new, like, big bad enemy for you to fight. You know, and it's, especially on Legendary, it's quite a fucking struggle. But then, oh, here he is again. Like, the progression oh, he is again. of Halo 5. Oh, really look, there's does. two of them. And it was just... <laughs> the progression of Halo 5 really did just sort of go, oh, damn, this Warden Eternal guy, this guy's cool as fuck. Wow, that was a, that was a pretty interesting encounter. And then the, the first fight, it's like, oh, that was a tough fight. He was a, he was a pretty good... That was like quite early on. I can't wait to see what else the game has in store for me. Oh, 
it's it's him again. <laughs> and oh, he's all the game has in store for me. Again and again and again. And every time you fight him, you just feel like um, it, it's almost like he was losing personality and design. It's like every new encounter with him was just like, oh, shut the fuck up, you Cortana simp. <laughs> if Cortana had an OnlyFans, he'd be fucking he'd be the longest subscriber. Oh, big time! <laughs> like the whole point of his character is that at first he seems a little bit like mm, I want to kill you, but Cortana likes you, so I kind of respect you. But stay the fuck away from my blue bitch. And that's it. The rest of the game is I said stay away from her. I said stay away from her. I said stay away from her. <laughs> That's the rest of his appearance in the game, is him popping up and being like, dude, stop going after Cortana. <laughs> <laughs> and just that's it. That's the word. No, no. You can't take that character seriously. You really can't. I, yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. I still, you know, what? I haven't played Halo 5, actually. I, I still something I need to do just to continue that story. Halo 4 le- left a really bad taste in my mouth because of the, the whole thing you've already touched on, the Prometheans and all those kind of problems. Um, and they, they tried to kind of take that story arc in a completely different perspective, which just didn't... Yeah. For me, it didn't I- fit properly. And then I've just heard so much shit about Halo 5 that I'm just like, oh. okay, I well, will play put it. it. <laughs> put it this way. This will probably put you off 5 even more. Because, oh, please uh, don't, because I really need to play Controversial it opinion here. Halo 4's campaign isn't terrible its multiplayer is far too cod and so the whole game in general gets so much hate but i feel like the halo 4 campaign gets slept on a bit like yes the prometheans not a fantastic addition but as far as writing goes maybe not necessarily to the overarching story but uh with emotion and character progression halo 4 did that so well um the relationship between Chief and Cortana throughout yes, Halo that 4, was the best amazing, bit. Uh, absolutely yeah. amazing. The emotion they put into Cortana was like nothing we've ever seen, especially towards the end when she splits herself into, I think, seven pieces and she gets really sort of emotional and sentimental with Chief telling how she you know, can't come back with him. But also um, Lasky, uh, Lasky throughout the Halo 4 um, campaign, he has this amazing story arc where, like, at first he he kind of he's a kind of likable character, um, but you see his progression th- uh, on the Infinity, and he just becomes more and more badass, more and more just like, oh, I really like this Lasky guy. And then even at the end, after Cortana, he's kind of there for Chief. Um, he has a couple of good com- uh, conversations with Chief, and you can even see uh, the Master Chief himself has got kind of some kind of connection to him some kind of relationship with him and their progression of respect for each other has grown across the story and then all of that just goes out the fucking window for five that was the (laughs) only thing that i feel like made four's campaign bearable and actually kind of good was the character writing not the story writing and then they just took a fat fucking shit on that and made halo 5 and just it all went to shit yeah, it, it, do you know what I think it could be? I think it's them trying to overcorrect themselves and f- tripping over that overcorrection because yeah. Fall wasn't very well received at all. I mean, let's face it, nope. you're following the likes of Halo 1, 2, 3, Reach and ODST. Like, yeah. all of them are amazing for their own reasons. ODST took the entire kind of narrative journey in a completely different way that people loved. Reach yeah. was fantastic. ODST, right? yeah emotionally like reach you really kind of cared and got on with those characters so well halos one two and three amazing just one of the best game franchises ever four was not up to par not not in the slightest not in the slightest when five came about they thought to themselves well it four wasn't very well received so let's try so many new things that absolutely throw <laughs> everything out the window and then we'll see what happens. We'll introduce a new main character because, you know, people <laughs> won't want the chief. And look at how Reach did. Reach did really well without the chief. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's like um, they, they, threw, they threw out, like, the only thing that Halo 4 did well, though. Yeah. And they, they did that worse than any Halo game has ever done. There is no personality, no emotion, 
no sort of character progression feeling in halo 5 at all it, it the game just doesn't play like that everything just feels so bland particularly uh particularly lock uh so i think had lock not um been put in as almost a replacement for chief it, well, i say almost straight up a replacement for chief yeah. <laughs> they really tried to force him as the main character mm. not an interesting new character and he just it wasn't very well written he wasn't very sort of fleshed out and they just put him in your face so much Locke could in theory have turned out to be a really cool character for their games going forward they just tried far too hard to push him on us and didn't try hard enough to make him a good character and for that reason he is will now uh, he's unrecoverable at this point i think i think any game that tries to put a focus on Locke is just going to get hate like i expect Locke to appear in infinite but not a lot as a side um, character yeah he might crop up to you know just to say one or two things i don't think they can just throw away his character and just never talk about him again i feel like that would be even worse but um yeah this sort of renewed focus on chief so they have said and attempted to portray again we'll never know until the game releases but that is 100 percent the angle they needed to go down because they tried to replace chief and it was the worst decision they ever made mm-hmm. which then nicely leads on to halo infinite and again yeah. banished so you take the um prometheans and everything within halo 4 and i'm guessing halo 5 they um they're essentially like robots they're like a hive mind robot species more or less so there's no kind of interaction i think one of the best things about the original halos is hearing the grunts scream things and run away <laughs> and have oh, that kind yeah. of emotion how good was that and you know we we never got that with the prometheans because they were just robots now yeah, exactly the banished are essentially like a, oh, a, a yeah. separate it's... cultists of the covenant so we're gonna have all of that emotion back of the grunts running around going demon demon yeah <laughs> like... i feel like it's gonna be kind of uh, interesting as well because of the brutes coming back yes. with a big focus like i love the brutes, the brutes i hated the way that halo 5 enemies. made the elites feel more like brutes it's like no that's not what we wanted mm. we wanted the brutes and elites um and obviously, so we've got the elites with their, like, you know, they'll scream like the the demon and, and the devil and, and things like that. But I feel like the brutes have the potential to be way more aggressive. While we've got the enjoyable jackals and, and grunts running around going, he's going to kill us all. <laughs> like you hear sometimes when you see that, the one grunt who's left remaining, just running away, waving his arms in the air. With his two plasma grenades where he's decided yeah. to get some bravery and sprint <laughs> at you. Uh, but the, the brutes can really bring in a much more aggressive and shouting yes. things at you while running at you about how you know it's time for you to die and things like that so yeah it's it, the banished i'm very happy to yes. have the banished in halo infinite and i can't wait to see more about yeah. how they sort of especially considering they do seem to be the main focus of the story from what we've seen from what we've with... seen yes but you are right it could be absolutely complete something completely different we could have prometheans in there you know we could have the flood i'm expecting there to be flood at some point see i'm expecting flood halfway through because yeah. they arrived halfway through halo combat evolved yes that was what made combat evolved such a ground breaking shocking thing with yes. the flood is no one expected such a game-changing enemy to only be introduced halfway, halfway through, through your game for you to spend the yeah. first half of the game fighting the covenant and only the covenant and you know these are a formidable foe already like you know obviously after reach when they because they made the prequel but the first thing you see in combat evolved is you just jump out of slip space and he's like he's like cortana did we lose them and she's talking about how they've just got away from reach you know you dropped right in the middle of a story but in a good way um and you spend first half of the game just fighting these these grunts and and jackals and elites and things like that it's 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 mental like all these aliens and you it's absolutely brilliant and then halfway through the game you discover what is probably the most formidable foe in gaming history the flood and you're just like it's just jaw-dropping when you go oh my god the covenant yeah. are not the real threat here <laughs> like i take the covenant the way... on any day it changes the way the game plays 
yes, just completely, completely. It flips the game halfway through, which is not something very commonly done. No, particularly not, com- not, at not that commonly time. done well. Yeah, 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 not commonly done well. Um, but Combat Evolved pulled it off so yes. well, and the direct parallels uh, made a video on that. Uh, that sort of Halo Infinite is pulling from Combat Evolved tells me that if we are going to rediscover the Flood, because I believe in the lore, the ring that it's believed that you're on does have deep sort of um, sort of Flood containment units. So the Flood are like stored there. So if the Banished accidentally or on purpose open them, then yeah, we could have the exact same situation where you're fighting the Banished for the first half with the premise of the story uh, being, you know, that this war that you've lost, they've, you know, they've basically taken the ring, they've destroyed the UNSE for all intents and purposes. And so Chief is trying to recover from that. But then halfway through to release the Flood again would really continue that parallel to Combat Evolved. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And if they manage to pull it off like it, um, like Bungie managed to do in Combat Evolved, it, it will just give that element of one, nostalgia, but two, just you know a completely different way to play the game again and a different way you're going to have to play the game throughout the story. And you know, I think with some of the, um, some of the mechanics that they're bringing into Infinite as well, they're, they're going to bring some really interesting gameplay pieces. So I don't know if you remember for the gameplay that we saw... There was a brute that kind of landed in front of the chief and started sprinting straight at the chief. The chief then, you know, shot him in the kneecaps, which slowed him down. You know, and little... made him oh, stumble. yeah, and stumbled him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and kind of those small little mechanics within the game, you know, that may change the way that the game plays. Just for that as an example, you may be hitting somebody with a nervous system, so he starts to stumble, but a flood most probably won't be doing anything like that. If you're going to shoot a flood by the kneecaps and it doesn't really have a nervous system, it's probably going to keep sprinting at you. So throughout half the game or a quarter of the game, you've been kneecapping people. Suddenly you've got this foe that's just going to sprint at you at 100 miles an hour. And you're like, why is he not stumbling? He's still coming. And it's terrifying. And I just can't wait for it. Yeah, so to um, draw on what uh, Magnum Pinkai just said, uh, with the game is supposed to last 10 years it's going to be a 10 year experience right. um but that's not going to be like an elder scrolls thing where it's like you know the game drops and you should just play it for 10 years it's definitely sounds like the idea is instead of doing the frequent sequels they want to go down a little bit more like a destiny route so we are going to continue to get more story and more content but it'll just be introduced to halo infinite yeah. It'll, it'll be, and so instead of getting a Halo Infinite and then a Halo Infinite 2 in like three years time, you know, we might a year or two down the line get quite a sizable, I hope sizable, uh, you know, otherwise it's just going to flop and fail. It better be sizable content. Um, but yeah, we might get a big sizable content drop that will actively progress and continue the story directly on from where infinite on release will finish and so right. more of that could really come in very interesting very destiny like i suppose a little bit like what they tried to do i think it was halo 4 where they kept putting in that extra multiplayer story oh the spartan yeah that's it the spartan yeah i feel I like more more in depth it, yeah i feel like they'll do it better i again fingers crossed i hope because yeah. they are aware that spartan ops wasn't fantastic just because the missions didn't really feel like the campaign missions they were too yeah. sort of short and just like little com- uh, co-op experiences whereas the brief little bit of information they put in the halo waypoint um article uh it definitely sounded more like the expansions would essentially be like mini games uh, and actual expansions rather than just extra missions uh yeah yeah, yeah like the fallen king um in destiny like that that was brilliant when they introduced fallen king in destiny that was a game changer so something more along the lines of that could really be interesting especially with this much more open design they appear to be going with maybe we won't explore all of the ring and as they start releasing content it might take us to new areas in the ring so possibly i think i was i was watching a video earlier today saying that their original scope for the game was that you could go and just explore the entire ring and just like 
fly manually from one side to the other and explore that area but as the game became you know more and more of a project and further down that line they decided that's not going to be the best thing for the game at release so absolutely you, you could be right they could be opening different parts up and that dream could become a reality you know we're then looking at a 600 gigabyte uh halo game <laughs> which fuck it i'll play it <laughs> um, um so, so yeah, i just so noticed to... magnum ping guy's other message just before he mentioned the fallen king uh, so it's believed the ring is Delta Halo, I think. Um, and it's partly decimated uh, from what we can see because the Banished have arrived. They've basically completely taken control of the ring. And there's basically been a war between the Banished and the UNSC on the ring. And the UNSC just straight up, they lost. Like, they got fucked. Um, and so the, the Banished, uh, so it's all in destruction because there's been lots of battles and stuff i believe where what we play um is several months it's like 126 days or something after the unsc lost so there's obviously a probably going to be a few months uh, again where the unsc were fighting um and we've seen in halo wars 2 that the rings can be broken off in segments so whether that happened whether the banished or the unsc did that as part of the war effort uh, that is why the ring is so just absolutely fucked and destroyed. Makes sense. Like I said, I can't wait to see <clears throat> just the the banishes, the banished interaction. Anyway, anybody who's played Halo Wars Two are already familiar with the banished and how brutal yeah. the banished can be. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was them that you know destroyed that part of the ring because perhaps the UNSC had their main base there and and all that kind yeah. of information. So it, it's it's all going to be. I, foretold within the kind of story for sure uh so we just got to wait and see for it really and i think i think this is the most excited i've been for a halo game for a while i mean leachy this was the only thing from the entire thing that you watched what you know what's what's your kind of view you've been playing halo a lot recently so yeah so i uh master chief collection came to pc and i was just kind of like eh you know like halo for me i think it had its heyday um but the other night, I just decided to give Reach a go because I hadn't because it came to uh, Master Chief Collection a lot later. Um, so I'd never actually played through Reach as part of the MCC. So I thought, oh, I'll just I'll, you know I'll get it done for the sake of the completion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, man. It just kind of reignited my love for the series. Like Reach was such a good game, anyway. Yes, it was. Um, and to have gone back and played it a, a lot smoother experience and you know also being older gave me a much bigger appreciation for the story and what was actually going on than when i played it as some pleb in college basically <laughs> yeah um so yeah man i ended up uh, watching like a 35 minute long video about the entire story of halo through all the games even you know halo wars and all that um and then, yeah, I was like, I was hyped for Infinite, but we hadn't really heard anything. So I was just sort of like, eh, you know, I, I very much, I need to see something to really be hyped for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, unfortunately, I was in work, so I couldn't actually watch the uh, the full Microsoft thing live. So I ended up uh, about an hour after it premiered or whatever i watched the um the eight minute campaign demo that they showed and just oh my god like it it it, it looks so good because I, I i really liked five um it camping was lackluster as everyone knows um but its multiplayer was great and i loved the art style of five um even though it wasn't quite what people were used to um so yeah, I'm 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 really pipe for for Infinite to follow on from that. Um, I've heard it, it, it's it's a weird one because it it is a successor to Five. It does follow from the story that Five played out, but yeah. it's a spiritual it's... reboot of the series. Yeah, and also it's going in a whole new direction. It seems so. It, it's a really weird one. It's gonna I think it's gonna be a bit of a a test for three four three to see if they can pull that off. Yeah. I'm hoping they can. Like, I'm seeing a lot of people that have already written I them mean, up and have the, already the turned Batman, around and The Batman game stories are great. Uh, the Arkham games. And it's their head um, writer and design director who's 
doing it. So, you know, they scrapped the guy who wrote 4 and 5. Yeah. Fired him. Um, and now we've got the Arkham writer, and he is a very good yeah uh, the arkham story game writer i'm so not a batman fan but... if it, neither am i but i am aware that the stories are fantastic so if it can be done he's probably one of the people who can do it it's good that they're so... bringing the right people in for sure yeah 100 well, yeah. for something like this like like it, it feels like this could be the last chance for 343 for sure big time and, <laughs> and if they they had to bring the right people in and you know what narrative is one of the most important tools to keep uh, somebody playing a game. I mean, you take the likes of The Last of Us. The Last of Us, there was nothing groundbreaking in terms of its mechanics. Its mechanics were, you know, pretty much taken yeah, from they, a, a yeah, bunch was, of different games. It was, it was the story. Yeah. It was the narrative. It was, you know, that's what kept you going and that's what made people love that game. So having a really important story, a really intriguing story that's going to keep people coming and coming and coming and, and just going from there... That's, in some ways, a lot more important than sometimes some of the game elements. Um, yeah. Because, of course, you've got to make a game fun anyway. So you can't just have a fantastic story, but the gameplay is like absolute garbage. So you just... Yeah, you've you got to find the to happy cry. medium. Yeah, but um, a narrative is just so, so important. And if they've got the right guy in, that's that's a really, really good good thing. And, and I'm really excited to see that. Uh, yeah, quickly, well, before we move on to Halo, I wanted to go over because we did this with the playstation reveal stuff as well and we and we did this when we were discussing assassin's creed is that graphically it looked terrible but the reason that oh, it looks yeah. so bad is because it's actually running on a on the older gen console actually it's not even running on a console it was running on a mid-range um, PC. pc spec which and i think it was i think the gameplay was about six months old or something uh, like that. It, there was something said that it was potentially uh, the build was from January. Uh, so a lot of the things that people Six are saying, months, oh, yeah. the game's rele releasing a, in a couple of months. They ain't got time to change that. It's potential that those things have already been changed. Um, for me, I mainly felt like the issue with the graphics was the lighting. Uh, I honestly don't I, I, the color palette of the game loved it they've gone for really yeah. flat bright colors that as, as you'd uh, expect and, and from like, like a, toys, a structure simply put yeah it yeah. looked like toys but halos always looked like plastic toys the people who were trying to complain claim it didn't obviously haven't realized that they're also the people that complained halo 5 looked too realistic and halos never looked real it's had an art style and they've gone back to that art style the yes. problem was Everything was too flat when it came to the lighting and the the deet. There could have been a bit of extra detail uh, on the texturing and a bit of extra lighting. And it's very very plausible that that may have already have been done after this showcase was made because this showcase was originally made with E3 in, in mind. And months ago we found out E3 was cancelled. So if they had made this with E3 in mind, that means they made this before E3 had officially been cancelled, yeah. which was several months ago. And, and that's so, it. And and yeah. we, that's something that people are definitely going to have to get like realize that that's <laughs> not what it's going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> I am fucking terrified of those little bastards. Oh, they made the game. They started oh, yeah. doing that in, I swear it was three that they started doing that. And I loved that. Because the first time, you never expect it. And suddenly one of them just uh, gets his plasma grenades, cocks them both and just goes, ah, and runs at you. And you're like, what is happening? And suddenly you've got that third person, like death cam of you flying <laughs> across yeah. the terrain. Um, <laughs> oh, that was perfect. Are the best. They are the best. They're so funny. But we could Did you here... ever play with the, uh, the cowbell he got on? Oh, no. Oh, oh it, it amplified explosions. Um, uh, but the problem was, the graphic of the explosion was the same. It, it was the just the one animation of an explosion going off. But the actual radius it could kill you was amplified. Uh, that coupled with the um, Grunt's Grunt birthday uh, skull. I remember that one, yeah. Yeah, where the grunts explode when you kill them. Go, yeah. Yay. Me and Rooster tried um, legendary 
uh, campaign with those two skulls on, and what a nightmare. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> like, it is both one of the biggest aids, because you can kill a grunt and take out an entire squad of enemy, but also the biggest hindrance, because you get stuck in a, uh, a corridor with a couple oh, of grunts. They get and... launched. The, the, the grunt that's just died gets launched at you by the grunt you previously killed, and his flying dead body then blows up. It's the most terrifying <laughs> shit in the world. And now they've added flying, exploding grunts as just part of the game. <laughs> Only now they're living when they're flying at you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I really can't wait. But guys, we we could seriously talk about Halo all day. Um, well, yeah, we are like halfway through the podcast. We're, yeah, and we've we're thirty minutes in, and we've Halo. only talked about Halo. So um, I want to briefly move on because there were some other fantastic games that were announced that I really want to talk about. And um, we started from the beginning, but I'm going to jump straight to the end to the last thing that we were shown, and that was Fabled. There's another Fable. There's That's another the Fable. Part. So. Uh, the best part is the fact that it appears to be a reboot to the series yes. as well. Um, yes. So I'm so excited. I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite happy that one of my sort of predictions that I've uh, been making has come true because uh, I was looking into playground games uh, quite recently uh, mm. because, as you guys know, I, I had applied for them. Didn't get the job because, you know, <laughs> I'm shit. But uh, I had applied for them, so I was looking into them, and they the reason they were hiring was because they'd recently uh, split. Obviously, they make the Forza Horizon games, yeah. but they'd recently split their studio uh, into having a second brand-new branch where they were reportedly making a brand-new RPG. And... I they they you know they'd been picked up they're part of Xbox Studios and and things like that and I I remember saying like hmm I think they're making the new Fable I think they've been given the rights to Fable because for such a important Xbox and uh, Microsoft sort of studio um, that usually makes Forza Horizon to suddenly just be like oh yeah we we we've just developed a new RPG development team. Uh, which is also primarily hiring veterans of RPG making. It was like the new people who were being hired weren't going to the RPG team. They were going to the Forza team, while the sort of veterans uh, developers all went to this. And I was like, hmm, what kind of RPG would Playground Games be making? And then it came up with uh, Playground making Fable. And I was like, I knew it! I fucking knew it! <laughs> I know it, <laughs> it's, and it's it's just called Fable as well, so it is just going to be yes. a complete reboot to this um to the series. I can't wait. I I cannot wait. I've been looking forward to Fable, like for another release of Fable for a long time, and we've been constantly teased with like different genres of Fable, like the um I think it was the top down four person co op sort of gameplay, yeah. um and there was all that kind of stuff, and it, it's just like I know I want I want. I want well, a Fable like the original Fable. Because Fables I 2 believe, and 3 were amazing. I believe 3. I believe 3 Fable projects after 3 got cancelled. Before Eesh. now. And probably more that we never heard about. But there were 3 Fable projects that we had heard about and were told about that then got cancelled. So, uh, you know, let's hope this one sticks. And uh, this, let's hope this they've, one will they've understood as to why those previous 3 projects got cancelled yeah no this one should stick i mean if it's got to this point where they're showing it in the format that they did it's got to stick for sure because this has generated so much hype you kind of you go across the internet go across youtube or anything like this and everybody is focusing on halo of course um but fable as one of these everybody excited for it anybody who's played a fable game has just got such a love of the universe, the world, even down to some of the characters and just the charm that game had. I mean, yeah, loved every damn second of it. And I cannot wait. I mean, for me, the first one was the best for sure. I feel like two and three were better. I've narratives. never played the first one. I only ever played two and fantastic. three. The first one is good fun. It's not too much of a kind of a story narrative like two and three. I think three had the better story. Um, but for me, the first one will always have a special place in my heart. I absolutely adored the first Fable. And its DLC as well was amazing. Could you not? 
I, I played it for all of about half an hour. I thought it was absolute ass. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved the universe of Fable. I think it's so interesting. My brother could probably finish Fable 2 with his eyes closed. Oh, yeah, he beat that game about 25 times. I know. <laughs> he literally used to just, just complete the game over and over and over again. He fucking loved that game. See, that's so what I find it funny. The first You're one. fucking twins, and he loved it, and you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Look, I mean, I just... I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm so glad it's a reboot. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do differently with it. And I think Fable's been off the table for so long that no matter what happens, as long as they're not too radical with their shit, it's going to be enjoyable. And they just... I, I've got a lot of faith that they'll do a do, good job. Do you know what needs a, a re-reboot? What? A re-reboot. <laughs> yeah, Medal of Honor. Yes. Yes. Give me... <laughs> give me a re-reboot of Medal of Honor. I mean, we're getting that uh, VR one. Yeah, we are getting a VR game. Oh, I didn't hope... know that. Yeah, there's a VR Medal of Honor. Is it out or is it still coming it's, out? It's uh, still coming, I think. Still coming. I don't know. I don't have VR anymore, so I haven't really been following the VR scene. Can't wait to buy VR again. <laughs> no, that's My fair. VR but died. This, and I haven't been this able to is, buy a new one. This is not a conversation about Medal of Honor and yes, VR. Oh, I mean, with, with me and Lychee in the chat, it's always going to end up yeah. being a conversation coming back to Medal of Honor because of we fucking loved those games. Of course it is. I forgot. My bad. Let me, you know what, fuck it. I'll just leave. I'll let you guys get on with it, shall I? I'll just just, I'm just, re just rename the podcast. We spoke about Medal of Honor again. That game's been dead for years. <laughs> dead game. <laughs> just dead game. But um, I, I can't wait for Fable. I can't wait to see more of it. But moving on from that, there was, there was a really interesting game that I definitely want to touch on. Um, because to me, I think this is going to be fucking awesome. And you as an Oblivion fan, Roost, I think you're going to be watching this very closely as well. And that game was Avowed. Yes. Avowed yes. by Obsidian. How good did that the look? table rose oh. two inches. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I got it as big as I could, okay? <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be like what Obsidian did for Fallout. I feel like it's just going down the the realms of the Elder Scrolls series. Of course, not as Elder Scrolls as I mean, its own IP. But I, I I can't wait to see what elements they bring into that. I can't wait. Oblivion was so good. It was. That I feel like this is going to scratch that itch until the next Elder Scrolls. Considering we didn't get any Elden Ring news, so I am yeah. still progressing further into Hollowing. Um, yeah. It was definitely refreshing to see Avowed and at least have that sort of tickle the same, like, you know, scratch the same itch kind of thing. And you're like, ooh, quite a, a dark fantasy game. This looks good. And we, we only saw a small glimpse of it, but Obsidian yeah. make just such, such good RPGs. And that looked interest, interesting. I believe it's in the i might be wrong here i think it takes place in the pillars of eternity universe i'm not um, sure i'd have to research that to, to i'm see. not sure but i i know it's based within a currently established universe it's not a completely brand new uh universe it's, it's a new ip but it i think a sort of a top-down isometric rpg one of those it's based in right. their universe so that'll be kind of interesting, but oh. it will be, and it'll be interesting to see as kind of um, as Magnum Pinkeye has just put there. You know, he says that it's desperately, he, he's hoping desperately that the gameplay is nothing like Outer, Outer Worlds. And um, I don't, I've never played Outer Worlds, but I've heard a lot of good things from it. Not necessarily from its gameplay, but from its kind of storytelling and and the way that it it does do its narrative. And I I, I don't yeah. know. I think when it comes to <laughs> I've got this kind of block in, in me in which you take, like Bethesda is the best example here. Um, they've got two massive franchises. They've got the Fallout franchise and they've got the Elder Scrolls franchise. Now, they're basically one and the same. Uh, you can you can see that there's so many different gameplay elements that kind of flood between both IPs, without yeah. a doubt. And, um, and, but I've always preferred the kind of Elder Scrolls scene now you take obsidian 
Outer Worlds looks a lot like Fallout New Vegas, just kind of updated in a completely different new setting, universe, and all that stuff. But in terms of its gameplay mechanics, graphically, yeah. and how it looks and feels, I, whenever I've seen any gameplay of it, it reminds me of Fallout New Vegas. So Yeah, it was very much like the spiritual successor yeah. to Fall, Fallout New Vegas. Um, but obviously them doing it without having the rights to um, Fallout. Yeah. But so, and I mean, Fallout New Vegas was done really well people love oh, fallout yeah. new vegas now if they can take what they've done with the likes of fallout new vegas and move that into a setting very similar to the elder scrolls it's going to really pander to a lot of the elder scrolls fans for sure people that are waiting for elder scrolls to come out you know we, we don't really have anything at least within the last five years that i think came close to that kind of setting again the kind of skyrim feeling setting and all of that good stuff whereas i think avowed is going to scratch that itch, especially for me. Oh, big time. And big I can't time. wait to pick it up for sure because we need to see more gameplay, definitely. But I am hyped for that. I'm really hyped for it. And if yep. it bridges that gap, because we really haven't haven't seen a game like that for a little while. I can't think of one in recent memories within the last five years that have been anything similar or close to kind of the Elder Scrolls Skyrim level. I'm not sure if you guys know of anything. Uh, uh, nothing nothing that really sat in the same sort of thing. And... Nah, yeah, nothing that really was that much of a competition and really sort of filled the same market, the same bracket. No. I, um, I, while we again. are talking, quickly, while we are talking about um, sort of very Elder Scrolls-like games and competition, uh, I just want to... Uh, mention and remind everyone of uh, Once Lost Games, uh, the new development studio that is currently making a very Elder Scrolls-y RPG uh, that is directly designed to compete with Elder Scrolls. Its team is made up of basically the uh, like a bunch of the original Elder Scrolls um, designers, including Julian Le Fay, literally the, the father of Elder Scrolls. So uh, just while we're talking about games, filling that same genre Elder Scrolls 6 is really going to have to do something good because I have full faith that Once Lost Games is going to produce something spectacular and it's Definitely really to going to take the same market because Julian Le Fay like I said he's the technical director of um, Once Lost Games and he is the founder of Elder Scrolls for all intents and purposes he is known as the father of the Elder Scrolls so yeah <laughs> Like uh, I think the executive producer um, Lak Lakshman, I think his name is. He was the lead designer and producer of Elder Scrolls Arena, and their design director Ted Peterson. Um, he worked on Arena, Daggerfall, Morrowind, and Oblivion. They're wow. like the three heads, like they're the three founders of Once Lost Games. Now, if that isn't a good fucking start, I don't know what is. <laughs> yes, that sounds really interesting. I might have to have a look into uh, that then. Vijay, yes, yes, Vijay Lakshman, thank you. But yeah, so uh, that's that's another game that's going to really come and scratch the same itch. But that's still very early in development. Yeah, and there's going to uh, that's probably going to come out around about the same time and be a direct competitor to Elder Scrolls Six. So that'll be interesting to see Elder Scrolls have a re have real competition again. Yeah. I'll have to have a look at that. I think the only real competition that the Elder Scrolls even came close to having, uh, especially around Skyrim, was probably The Witcher 3. Yeah. And, and that was, you know, that game is so different. It's got its own audience. Um, yeah, they, you know, it, they it comes from differently different enough. source materials. Yeah, that, it's not a direct comparison. I think a lot of, there's a lot of the same themes. So yeah. a lot of Elder Scrolls fans, you know, enjoyed The Witcher 3. But since then, I really just can't think of anything that was really mainstream that kind of came out and and s scratched that itch. And what, The Witcher 3 came out when? 20... I don't even remember now. 2015, I think it was. So... Uh, I have really no sure. idea. I've done, uh, I'm 2015. 2015, yeah. Yeah, what a guess. Hey, um, so yeah, so Leech. I mean, I'm not sure if you're too much of an Elder Scrolls fan. I think you played Skyrim quite a bit, but um, 
you know the the fact that there's going to be direct competition now coming up with avowed with the with the game that um Roos has just mentioned and with elder scrolls 6 i mean what's your take on this uh I, i'm not too bothered to be honest I, I played skyrim back in the day and i played it a fair whack actually um but it was never one of those games that held the long-term replayability that leads you to buy it 10 times you know <laughs> well no game ever does that and somehow there are multiple people that have bought skyrim probably about two to three times on average across the last it's nearly been 10 years it came out in 2011 uh yeah so yeah it's like so i have uh i have the special edition or whatever the the remaster for pc but yeah. I I played all of about maybe thirty hours, which is I totally have not bought Skyrim multiple times. <coughs> I'm, I'm, I most definitely did not buy it on console and then buy it again on PC a few years later. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are on about. Yeah, the, I think the thing is with that is um, Skyrim on PC is completely different to Skyrim on console yeah. because of the modding scene and everybody. Yeah. Like myself included, a lot of people bought the game on console but didn't actually become a PC gamer until a couple of years after. Yeah. In which yeah, then we that's... bought it again. Now, if you've it... bought it on the 360, then the Xbox One, or like the PlayStation 3, then the PlayStation 4, then PC, and now Switch, and then VR, <laughs> please have a look at yourself. <laughs> please. Because <laughs> that is too much. That is too much. Yeah. But. Though I think we can all agree uh, just, that the yeah. Alexa version is the, the best Alexa one. version is oh, yeah. the best. I, not... I genuinely love playing that sometimes. It's great. So do I. I played it when because me and Lauren, whenever we wash up, we listen to music on Alexa. So I decided to play that one day. And I was having the best time. And she was sitting there washing the dishes going, for fuck's sake. I'm sick <laughs> of this. It's, it's, it's great. If, if you guys haven't played it, play it. It is so much fun. You don't have to buy it. It's completely free, but it is very, very fun. So it's definitely, definitely do it. It's the best joke at themselves they've ever made, and yeah. they actually released it as well. And it's brilliant. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> I think um, I think that was it for kind of the, the big, big hitters. I think the new Warhammer 40k games trailer was fantastic that that looked really good if if anybody's a big fan of the um warhammer 40k series that's going to be a really interesting one to see it didn't yeah. show any gameplay it was all just cinematics and I, i'm i'm wondering how they're going to do it if they do it in the classic kind of format or if they're trying it because the good thing about the warhammer 40k series is they always try to do things across different genres so there's a lot of yeah. different... So they've got like the classic strategy, then the total war strategy, and then they did do an FPS version or like a, like yep. a Gears of War-styled game. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see actually what genre this this game is going to be. And its trailer was just fantastic. Um, then, yeah, of course, as Magnum oh, yeah. has just said, the State, State of Decay looked good. I quite like... Again, that one wasn't a gameplay. That was just, like, the cinematic, initial yeah. announcement, cinematic announcement. But um, I haven't played a whole load of State of Decay 2. But what I did play, I, I do enjoy the game. It is a pretty uh, when, good game. So... When did that release? Because I felt like it only released within the last year. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, was it? State no. of Decay 2? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was only within the last year to two years. Uh, it just feels a bit it... strange. I wonder if this is an announcement trailer and it's like going to be set to be released in 2022. Uh, it came out 2018. So yeah. so it's only two years ago. And, and, and like I was sitting there and I was watching it and it came up with State of Decay 3 and I'm sitting there and I'm going, wait... I'm pretty sure the most recent one only came out a couple of years ago. Is this a DLC pack? Is this a a sequel? What is this? Because it feels like it's too short, short to release it again. Are we going down the fucking FIFA and Call of Duty sort of line here? What is happening? Yeah, Somebody please explain. Between, <laughs> between one and two, there was five years. Yeah. And now it's been two, two years. So... Are we going to get I State of like... Decay 4 in like 2023, yeah, 2024? I think State of Decay 3 realistically should be another year away if we want it to have a pretty reasonable development time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we have to see kind of what they do because I'm, I'm concerned that they're just going to rehash the mechanics of 2. Yeah. But and then it's... 
counter counter argument to that not necessarily being too much of a problem. Game Pass. Yeah. All Every right. okay. single All fucking right. one on. of the games they showed, Game Pass. Let, and uh, me, as someone who's fair. a Game Pass subscriber, basically every game they showed, for all intents and purposes, for me, is free. Yes. Because I'm already subscribed and I intend to keep it exactly. up regardless. So they've really, they've shown all of these games and I'm just like, well, I'll try it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. I think the most <laughs> expensive Game Pass package you can get is like £15 a month or something like that. Yeah, and that's the one that's also going to have their xCloud streaming service. Yeah. Just put straight into it at no extra cost. And that that in and of itself is amazing think think about the amount of games that you buy across the year right and and as an xbox fanboy like i am a lot of them are kind of done by microsoft or on the game pass i mean i managed to i had witcher 3 anyway on the pc but i played the witcher 3 almost to its completion again on the xbox because it was on the game pass with with its expansions and so on it's stuff like that the game pass is so worth the money that you put into it and i think the smallest is what 799 it's about eight pounds something like that uh well game pass i yeah you can get it is the the pc only uh game pass uh, that's technically still in beta as they say is four pound four pound that's amazing yeah that's what the, i have the, so, the so games four, that you get out four of pound a month for four pound a month that i currently uh pay i'm going to be able to play halo infinite on release like that tickles how, my fucking crumpet <laughs> how is anybody in the gaming industry supposed to compete with that i know that's amazing uh, oh uh so uh magnum's just said the crossfire uh the single player crossfire thing they showed that's not going to be game pass so fair enough but there we go so they lied other than that, liars. <laughs> uh, yeah they like they like they technically lied because they said everything they showed was game pass they apparently lied so right. fuck them that's it it's pitchforks time gentlemen <laughs> no but seriously how how is anybody ever supposed to compete with this i know when game pass first uh, was first announced what two years ago now i think it was longer than that i think game pass has been around for quite a long time now but it was it was very they, they've i might be specifically it. thinking of pc i might be thinking yeah, of when maybe. Game Pass PC came out, it, it, I it wasn't popular it was PC. because yeah. the games that they were the games that you could download were kind of third party developers or you know really low end uh, microsoft games and when they decided to make the move into the subscription based thing with the brand new games and i think like forza horizon was one of the first big ips that microsoft said yeah it's going to be on the game pass literally from day 1 and everybody was just like what the fuck are you serious? I'm not going to have to spend like 60 quid. I can just play it and download it straight away from game release date without paying anything extra. Yes, please. And they're doing yeah. that with all of this. Avowed, Fable, yep, Halo. All of those games. Every single one of those games. That's all... amazing. And, and I think when they announced, um, when they first announced uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC, and that came out, um, and that, that, the PC one came out at £4. Because uh, it was in beta, it, it it may go up in price when it's out of beta, but I mean it's been four pound for a very fucking long time now. Um, that came out, I got it straight away just because of what was on there, and I've never cancelled the the subscription um since because for four pound a month, the amount of games that I've not only been able to consistently play, but I've tried out so many games yeah. that i would never have even blinked at before because I'm not willing to go spend fifteen twenty quid on them on a game that I may hate. There's been plenty of games that I've played for about an hour or two and just gone, yeah, not my cup of tea. And I would have been fuming had I gone and spent 20 quid on that. But then that's the thing, I wouldn't have. But for mm -hmm. the, for, for it to be part of the £4 a month I'm already playing, uh, paying, I've played so many little little games here and there that are on the Game Pass and just been like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then there's all these major titles uh, coming out on it as well. It's just... I'm I'm gonna be keeping that subscription up just for the just for the long haul. Yeah, and um, Pink Eye has just said you know a really really good point that actually Origin was the first to kind of yeah try Origin to do Access this. was before it, but yeah, it's big problem Origin with Access Origin Access dunked on. Yeah, it is is that it was always focused on their own games and it was quite expensive for what you actually got because I think yeah the first tier was only 
you didn't get any games, but for new releases, you got that kind of it was 10, two hours, 10 hours, 10 hours, that's or the one, 10 hour. whatever it was before, which that that's really good if you wanted to play those kind of games, but you got to think about it. FIFA, um, Mass Effect, I think they were the two that I played on there. FIFA, because, you know, I was a big FIFA fan at the time and those 10 extra hours were so crucial for Ultimate Team. There's reasons I don't play FIFA anymore, which people in like, <laughs> YouTube know very well as to why I don't, because <laughs> fuck FIFA. But um, Origin just... If you didn't like anything from EA, you were never going to get it. Whereas with the Game Pass, it wasn't just Microsoft. They they bought a whole lot of different games and they're still adding to that list. Like The Witcher 3 is a good example from CD Projekt Red. You know, like um, Cyberpunk coming out, there, there's a great relationship currently going on between Microsoft and Cyberpunk. So, you know, it, it's those kind of... Those relationships that Microsoft have with the rest of the community and the rest of the kind of gaming industry that they can bring these games on and these smaller developers can get that exposure, as you said, Rooster. That's what the Game yeah. Pass gives is more exposure, but it's a benefit to you, the consumer, the gamer. Whereas the Origin Access was all a money-making scheme by EA because they're money-hungry fucks. And that's where the what? complete difference is. I've never heard of that before. I know, shock. Yay? Um, Money hungry? <gasps> never. Where I think that's where Microsoft is going because they're focusing on the consumer. They're not focusing on stuff like exclusives to, you know, rake up console sales. And people are saying, oh, it's going to be the death of the Xbox. Mm, no, it's not. Because not everybody owns a gaming PC <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh and that's, goodness, that's great <laughs> <laughs> lord aben giveth phil spencer giveth for cheaper <laughs> yes phil spencer is what he's doing for the gaming industry is, is is oh. unreal and i i can only give the man props Be for better than the dickhead before him yeah. oh yeah 100 I, I, I want a phil spencer body pillow <laughs> that would definitely make me sleep better wow. at night. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I just, I can't, I can't see a way of any other company ever getting to this point in terms of a game pass. And you know, Sony have tried it themselves as well. They've, they've got kind of their own game pass thing going on, where you yeah. can download a couple of their IPs. But they're not, they're not the top tier. Like. You wouldn't have been able to get The Last of Us Part 2 on there, for example. Whereas if The Last of Us was an Xbox exclusive, a Microsoft exclusive, then it would be. You would have got because The Last all of Us Part Microsoft 2. Studio, yeah, all Microsoft Studios uh, games come out to Game Pass. Yeah, which that is incredible. It's like a complete subscription fee. How many people use Netflix, right? Yeah. Netflix is easily the most popular and the top streaming sites at the moment, you know, followed by Amazon and, uh, well, I, you know, I cancelled my like prime that. video to get game pass. <laughs> I mean, why not? And, and, <laughs> and that's, that's it. Game pass is going to be the gaming industry's equivalent of Netflix because it's the best value for money. It's got the largest library of games and they continue to add it. And it, it gives everything a consumer wants. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I want to play at the moment. Let me just have a look at these thousands of games that I can download and see whatever one takes my fancy. And then we'll go from there. Huh? Yeah, net, that, that kind of would make sense. Um, Magnum Page, fun, I think I... Fun fact about Netflix, uh, just because I find this absolutely fucking hilarious. Blockbuster turned down the opportunity to yeah. buy Netflix. No, I know that. Yeah, Blockbuster decided <laughs> to not buy them. No, where's Blockbuster and where's Netflix? <laughs> That's the thing. As as tech evolves, you've got to kind of they move with got, the time. And that's where they Blockbuster They got the option to buy Netflix at fucking, like, piss fucking cheap. And they said no. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think uh, online streaming would go anywhere. No, no they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> Oh well, whoops! <laughs> and turns out it's you know that's the um, I think there's more people that consume television through streaming software than actual live TV now. 
depending on certain things like the world cup is a popular one the olympics you know those classic ones kind of across different countries they're they're usually higher in terms of viewership but regular tv the 24 7 hour tv channels that you can get they're not watching they're not as popular as netflix or as you know other forms of media even then it's turned into a tertiary media Anyway, because people watching TV don't fucking watch TV anymore. They sit there on their phones, their laptops, their tablets, their computer, and it's just on in the background. And that's the yeah. thing. Live TV in particularly our and the newer generations um, has just become background noise. Yeah. I think YouTube started that. When yeah. YouTube originally came out, that was the new kind of place to really focus on watching enjoyable content that you wanted to watch because it was quicker it was easier it was you know you you weren't going to have to wait until fucking eight o'clock or whatever because your favorite youtubers which i've got you know 20 of them are releasing daily videos i can sit there and watch and take in and then justin tv turned into twitch and now look at twitch you know what i mean streaming services and these different ways of putting content forward like with the game pass and giving you options that's where that's where we are right now you having those options at you know free or a low price is where media is moving and yes i genuinely cannot see how microsoft is ever going to be kind of you know worried about other gaming industries now because they've they've <laughs> they've got it it might be different in 5 to 10 years but as of right now i can't see anything on the horizon that is going to completely trump game pass and i don't think there's anybody in the world who would sit there and say game pass is not worth the money they are lunatics yeah. if they say that but hey uh, there know. are and they they all seem to have the same like grievances as well the, the most common thing i see is people complaining that basically when you're paying for the game through game pass you're forced to enjoy it at a faster rate you don't get to sit back chill out and just take your time especially people who have full-time jobs and you know they get maybe one night a week where they can actually play a game and they they you know they the biggest gripe is you know i'm paying for it and i barely even get to play the game which i kind of get and if you're only really focusing on one game at a time anyway then yeah just buy the game just what you know if you're excited for one game if you just want to play halo just buy halo and you can sit there and it can take you six years to finish the campaign if it has to. And yeah. no that, issues. That sounds more of an exception, though, than yeah. than anything else. Yeah. And I think, and I get it, you never, ever, 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 ever going to cater to everybody. It's physically impossible. Um, and, you know, there, there are exceptions out there with what you my, say. You know, my thing has always been... My thing has always been, if you can find at least three games on the Game Pass that you will play, it's worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah. If you're only playing one, maybe two games on there, then yeah, okay, you're probably better off buying those games and just owning them outright. But if you can find three or more that you're going to dabble in or focus on... With the PC one being £4 a month, it's £48 a year. You could easily spend that amount of money on one well, of the yeah, latest releases yeah. in a year. So if you, like you say, two or three, and you're already getting more than your money's worth. Now, yes, you don't own the game. And if you cancel the subscription, you lose the games. But if you're the kind of person who intends to keep it up, like me, for at least a few years, hell, even if I did cancel it and didn't own those games anymore, there might be two games in that I'd be like, oh, I still play that. Like, let's say Halo Infinite. By that time, in like two years' time, Halo Infinite's probably way cheaper. Yeah, you can probably get for a couple of quid. Like, yeah, and, and thus, so no, I'm not going to have to go out and pay full price for the game that I never technically owned, as, as some people like to argue. I've paid £48 to be able to play Halo Infinite and others on release for however long I want to keep that up a year. And then if I don't do it, I'm probably not actively still playing like six or seven of the games. There might be one or two and I can just buy those games. But 
I don't see a time unless the price keeps going up and up and it becomes less valuable. I don't see a time in the near future where I'll stop paying for the uh, Game Pass. So mm-hmm. I will continue to have access to those games. And that's it. And and that is that's bang on. That is completely it. And I don't think there's a lot of people right now because there's there's two kinds of gamers at the moment. There's the gamers where gaming is your number one main source of entertainment the three of us are probably on that spectrum for sure because yes. this is my main source we're on of some media. kind of spectrum we definitely are <laughs> um whereas you've got the the people who you know don't game all the time because they've got other commitments or you know that's not their main source of media and and so on and you know that's that's fine i'm not sitting here saying oh you're less of a gamer because you spend yeah. less time gaming that's just absolute but bullshit it, yeah that's... that's like someone who doesn't watch tv at all complaining that netflix is stupid yeah exactly <laughs> in it, in it, like, that's the problem is if it doesn't work for you then fair enough but that doesn't alter its value exactly. it alters its value to you me personally yeah, value is subjective uh, anyway like, exactly but, uh, yeah tay has um tay has a things like netflix a lot of the time for most of the year and i watch a little bit of netflix stuff with her but i'm not an active tv sort of watcher i don't watch tv all the time so something like netflix would never be valuable to me alone if i was yeah. living alone and not with my partner i wouldn't have netflix i no, just, just wouldn't that's because i don't watch it enough but that doesn't mean that netflix isn't valuable mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with this game pass if you actively play lots of games then it is most likely going to be highly valuable to you if you yeah. literally play the same one or two games throughout the entire year then something like um, game pass may not be valuable to you but it doesn't change the fact that it is valuable there you go that's all you need to hear really <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make the yeah, spokesperson of... down <laughs> we're gonna make this spo- oh, we're not gonna make the spokesperson now after that that's uh, that's career <laughs> yeah, ending <laughs> but that's 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 it. That's I, th- I guess that's pretty much our take on kind of Microsoft, the event that happened on Friday, and quite a lot of stuff about the Game Pass. Um, some really interesting stuff and opinions from you know both of you as well. Um, and I think this is a really good place to kind of end the podcast for for now. Um, so, so yeah, is there anything else that you guys wanted to kind of go through? Anything um, from the no. event itself, or that mostly covers what really interesting uh, yeah yeah I don't no yeah, okay perfect well thank you to everybody who's followed anybody who's chatted and all of that good stuff um this is going to be live most probably tomorrow on youtube as well so you know go subscribe to the youtube channel so you can see yourselves here uh, and kind of watch it whenever um but thank you guys so much for kind of being a part of this since we've been doing it live i've really enjoyed the live interaction with you all and i think the both of you have as well i I know reese you've you mentioned it before that you know this this new way that we're doing it is fantastic and it's actually a lot of fun um so guys thank you so so much we're going to end it there now i'm going to be live again at eight o'clock so in about four hours time to play some games so i hope to see some of you there for now though we're going to say goodbye And thank you. Have a great rest of your Sunday. And we'll see you later. Toodles. See you.